Hey everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Tricky Kid Radio. I am your host as always, Roy Turner. Got a great show for you. Uh, we just got back from the uh, the Dallas International Film Festival, which uh, went on uh, for about 10 days. Saw lots and lots of great films, um, heard a lot of great music, uh, met a lot of great people. And we're going to be talking about that. There's a little bit of that. Uh, actually, the next few episodes we're going to be uh, going to be talking about that. But more, but the most important thing here is we're going to talk about Brian Head Welch from Corn, who was debuting a film called Loud Crazy Love. Brian's an old friend of ours. It was great to see him and catch up with him. And uh, we, I can't wait for you guys to be able to hear uh, the interview that, that we did. And we sat down and caught up and had a lot of fun, talked about the movie. And uh, and what I'm also even more excited about is that joining me this week to my right is not only uh, my better half, but now my co-host uh, this week is my gal, Jocelyn. Uh, Jocelyn, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's nice to be here again. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, and another reason why I wanted you uh, to come on this week is, you know, you were there. You were there for the experience, and, and you know, you, we saw the movie together. It was the only night you were able to actually come to the film festival because my girl's a complete badass who is also a musician who was a violinist and was had her own gigs and had just killed it with Wyclef Jean from the Fugees a few days before and uh, was in rehearsal for another upcoming really, really big gig. So, and I think also you had, it was Cinco de Mayo was that weekend too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so to talk a little bit about, um, so, you know, it was, it was so funny, uh, when we got there, you know, we'd, in preparation, we went to this, this restaurant, what was kind of had, had a bit of a, of a private, uh, thing there. He was hosting a, a meet and greet. What was your first impression of Brian when he met, when I introduced you to him? Um, well, he seemed really down to earth, you know, despite his fame. Um, and he was a, a very nice and welcoming personality and seems like somebody I would like to be friends with. (laughs) Well, for sure. You know, and it was great for me too, because I have a different perspective because, you know, I knew Brian back in the day, you know, when they were just starting out and, you know, we would hang out and and you're going to hear about all this and you're going to hear about Brian and I catching up and telling stories about the old days and a lot, a lot of fun stuff. But uh, it was neat because, you know, he's gone on to worldwide fame and millions of dollars and, Mm -hmm. um, and I've 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 also have been in a perspective where I've met other people that I knew back in the day, and it was just so cool just to see him so the same. But, but I mean, like better, more mature. He had grown as a person and and as an artist and all that. But but this that that guy that was my friend back then was still still there. That was cool. Yeah, that's a sign, a good sign. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, and, and he was excited about it too, which which was neat too. Because I mean, obviously, I wasn't going to be the you know, do you remember me guy? I would never do that, but uh, didn't have to. The minute we saw him, he was excited to see us, and uh, and it was kind of neat. And the film "Loud Crazy Love." Um, for those of you who don't don't know, let me back you up just for a second. If you're unfamiliar with Corn, uh, but you probably at the very least know who they are or know what they're about or what kind of music they play, Brian uh, left the band uh, almost a, I guess like almost a decade decade ago and how it was kind of played out in the press is actually very different than how things kind of really went down and you're going to you're going to hear a lot about that coming up and you'll learn about that too of course in the film was that he kind of did that thing where you know he kind of like he found faith and and uh, the movie is largely about fatherhood um and would do want to do what was best for him and for his daughter and at that time it was leaving the band uh, you know, he was horribly addicted to drugs and just kind of needed to kind of get away from anything that was going to influence that. And But there was always a, like a lot of love there. I know that, you know, people might remember that there was some, some nastiness in the press and the fans kind of dogpiled on it. Uh, there was this, I don't even want to repeat it, but there was this very sensational, like, like uh, fan-made shirt that kind of fanned the flames where basically it said, Corn uh, gave God head, because Brian's nickname is Head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, again, I, I always kind of felt like they were going to kind of patch things up, because again, I, I, I saw it from a different perspective from back in the day, and knew that, that you know there was a lot of... What's different about them as a band is that there's a lot of... Um, I mean, they were they were friends as kids. You know, they weren't just like people who went to an audition and that sort of thing. But uh, what I thought was kind of surreal uh, and, and fun and awesome is that you know Brian, has, of course, has grown up a lot. The movie's about his daughter, and when he saw that we're having our first child, uh, it was really cool to to see him offering some parenting advice. What, what, what were your thoughts on that? 
Um, well, he basically said to me that I would really like the movie. Um, I, you know, going into it, had no idea what the movie was about or what it was gonna what it was gonna be about. Sure. And so, him saying that kind of piqued my interest and. Well, I, I knew that you were, of course, obviously there to, uh, you know, to support me and 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 help me out. Obviously, I mean, golly, you're 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 the producer of this show, uh, like uh, unofficially, but but officially, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and I knew it was going to be the only night you were going to be able to hang, and and I wanted you to be able to, you know, to meet Brian and and kind of, you know, yeah. um. But uh, just like you, I also I didn't really know a lot about the film, and it was what you'll hear without any spoilers. Brian was very excited for us to see it because because yeah. he wanted to see my perspective as somebody that was you know from there in the beginning until now, and and it but it really hit home with us a lot because not only do I have that perspective, but you know we're about to have our first child, and it's a lot about parenting and yeah. and and choices that you have to make, and and he was so generous about that, but. What I wanted you to offer me and also our listeners is that you know you're not you're not, you don't really come from the world that I come from in terms of of the of the music. So you didn't grow up with corn. You didn't grow up listening to that kind of music. It's not really something that you had ever had any great great interest in. But yet you enjoyed the film and you enjoyed Brian. Talk about that a little bit. Oh yeah, the the film really hit home. Um, you know they follow their lives together right. and um and especially uh her life as you know a developing teenager teenage girl right you know just kind of thrown into the world of rock and roll you know well, yeah and you know it's not easy for any teenage girl and i was able to relate to that um so it really yeah it really did affect me and it was a very, very well done movie. Um, I didn't have to, you know, be a fan of Corin to really get emotionally involved in it. Right, right. And and for it to really affect me and to get something out of it, it was very touching. I think I thought it was really well done. I think that's where any really good documentary succeeds is because if you don't have to be a you know kind of like in, on an inside joke or have a, any sort of preconceived uh, you know requirement. If you can just enjoy the film on its own without any preconceived anything, that's that's a good film, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the people, like I said, we and we learned this too. It's the people that you might have seen for our listeners. Uh, you might have seen those "I Am Second billboards. You might have even seen when Brian did one. Uh, it's actually, um, I actually thought Brian was the one that did those, uh, and when that's what I learned was that he actually that's how he came to those people that did the film because uh, he was a fan of their work. He was a fan of this kind of selfless message that, that they were uh, kind of purporting. And obviously it's faith-based. And and uh, and that's one thing I think he, want, he wanted to get across, too, that he definitely would play to a, to a, to a faith, um, you know, crowd but all the all the rock and roll all the all the cursing <laughs> and all the the wildness has been left into the film this isn't uh you know this isn't a recruitment for you know you know the christian youth he's not you know i didn't find it to be very preachy were you concerned about that at all no i wasn't concerned about it and i definitely didn't think it was that way at all right 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 uh, I, I didn't really think about it until till the q and a at the end where i could see how you know, it was clear that the filmmakers were obviously somebody who shares Brian's faith. It wasn't uh, there was something they had in common, and um, and uh, but I, I definitely thought that that you know the film could. I mean, if you're a, if you are a fan of corn, there's a lot of really neat stuff that you probably never seen before. You definitely will learn some things. But just as yeah, as a parent or parents to be. Um, I think it's it's not a it's not a long stretch and and God he went through a lot of a lot of stuff there. Uh, talk a little bit about some of the things that you saw on screen that were contrasting to the person that you had met just just an hour before. Well, personally, I thought um, the involvement of his parents and on the interviews with his parents were were kind of interesting. Yes, yeah, I did they too. were so they were really adorable, of hmm. course, and. Um, just very normal. Yeah. Very normal people, <laughs> it seems like. But supportive. Very supportive and very Absolutely. loving. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I applaud them for that. Um, he seems like a very eccentric person. And um, yeah, well, so we, it was really cool to see uh, his parents and 
their personalities. Well, you spent time with him, you know, and mm-hmm. I mean, you see how, uh, and I mean, obviously I know that he was, you know, giving you some special attention because, you know, uh, of, of our involvement, but I, you know, that's just who he is. I, I, I could see him doing that to just, to, you know, to anybody and, and, it was such a neat thing to see him, you know, you know, being excited about you being pregnant and, 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 yeah. and excited for you to see the film and wanting to. And that's, just, that's a testament to the kind of person that he is. You touched upon something the other day. Uh, it's not necessarily corn related or even Brian Welch related, but I, I feel like it, it's important to talk about. And it does kind of fit uh, the narrative in the sense that like how you were talking about his parents being very, you know, kind of normal. You said something to me the other day about how we were talking about youth culture and about having kind of, you know, kind of being dialed in or not dialed in. I am not, I'm past any sort of midlife crisis, but like I, because of my job, like I said, I do, it, it come, I come in contact with youth culture, but I'm not really dialed into it. I'm not some old curmudgeon that has kind of lost the plot, but you know what I said about how at some point your parents like stop buying records. Like you can, you can see it when they, when, when you inherit your parents' record collection and you can just kind of see the year that they stop buying records. Right. Mm-hmm. I always was thought, or I always made sure I was never going to be that person. And I, and I still listen to, you know, new music and I buy new music and I'm very excited about that and growing as a person. And, and that sort of thing. But you said something that really helped me to understand why that probably happens. And it's a positive thing. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. You said to me that what happens is is that at that time of your life, you're searching. Mm-hmm. You're looking for your identity. You're looking for something. And so when you're when you know who you are, and so I always thought this was like a negative, like, oh, man, you know, you get older and you can't put the, you know, the, the kind of importance on unnecessary silly things. Because as much as we love music and, and, and art and it is a, an important thing, you know, being up to date on the latest pop culture record really isn't a, a you know, a, a priority when you're mm-hmm. an adult. Yeah. And um, and that's a good thing. But I loved what you said about it because it was kind of like, okay, so this is a, like a, a positive spin on this because it's kind of like, okay, it's not because I've given up and growing old. It's a positive thing. It's like I know who I am. I know who I am. And I understand I'm never going to love a band as, you know, from now on as much as I love Motorhead because it didn't – it didn't. I mean I was still in, you know, explore and discover new things. But it's never going to hit me the way that Motorhead did, or, or or Caius, or any of the bands that that have stayed with me, right? Because that was my discovery, and I like that. And I was hoping that you could share with our listeners what you had shared with me. Oh well, I think I, I was basically saying that you know the nice thing about coming into your thirties or later, or, or right. so on and so forth, is that you've you're more comfortable with who you are, and you know what you like, and and you don't have that kind of searching feeling yeah. like they were saying um, but you know you're, you're never gonna like you said you're never gonna like something as much as you did um, when you found first discovered the music that you really liked it's like a soundtrack to your you know self discovery right? And, and that's a really exciting and important time of your life and then <laughs> at this point you know you know, I'm still looking for new music, but it's just... But not in the same not way. Not as, yeah, not as um, urgent, I guess. Or or just so... And, 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 that, and that's... And there's currency in that, too. Mm-hmm. And so I really... I know it sounds like a simple concept, but it's really something I'd never entertained the idea of. I guess I was spending so much time just trying to, like, not be the old guy <laughs> that I'm happy that... You know, to think that well, you know what? That's that's why I I know who I am. It's more of a confidence based type kind of thing. It's more of a of a completed type kind of thing. And so the reason why how I can bring it back to Brian was that I think that that's what he was. You know, when I knew him back in the the, the mid to you know to late nineties, he was in that discovery period. He was a young guy, not much older older than than I am uh, back then. And so it was kind of neat to see that the reason that the person that, that, that you met, that I introduced to you, was this person who's no longer really searching for anymore. He, he, he knows who he is, and, and, and he's getting results because of it, you know? Yeah. And I think that the film reflects that. 
So again, the movie's called Loud Crazy Love. I don't think that people are really going to be able to have a chance to see it uh, until the fall. Uh, I know there's a trailer available online. Uh, one thing I want to tell our listeners is that there's actually going to be a video uh, version of of the interview that we did. You're going to get the audio, of course, today, and which is going to be actually longer than the video. So that's that's an incentive. Um, but one thing that uh, so you'll be able to get the full audio like right here uh, and then look for the video and the video will also have a trailer I was thinking about adding the trailer but you know you can hear it but you can't see it I mean it's a movie so you need to see the trailer so and then what's also what's cool is what did we do after the screening what did we do oh <laughs> well we got to talk with some of the folks that who, um, who saw the movie with us right. and get their reactions so I told Brian I was going to do some post-screening interviews and we got to talk and meet with some great people and it was always so great to see people fresh out of the, the movie and kind of have this kind of like you know like hey you know because I like to do that I like to go like after a movie I want to go to like a coffee house or something and mm-hmm. you know I hate coffee but I'm just saying like I want to <laughs> I want to talk about what we do so I know I'm more of the movie person than you are but like <laughs> I love to see it and then talk about it and enjoy it and just kind of share you know the takeaway you know so it was neat to kind of do that and I know we kind of surprised people with it but they were very generous and, ex- and ready to talk that's a sign of a good film right right yeah and they all had kind of you know were in the same boat as me they were saying that's not necessarily that they were the you know the biggest fans because I think it's a very um, intense type of music um, but they really enjoyed the movie nonetheless right, you know right. it was very powerful I mean and that's what the people I wanted to interview to. I didn't want to interview like, oh, I'm Brian's old, you know, guitar tech. I wanted it, I mm-hmm. wanted the same perspective that, you know, kind of a somebody who's not walking out. Like if you were wearing a corn shirt, I probably wasn't going to interview you just because <laughs> I wanted that perspective. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, so what we're going to do is is that what we're going to is that I'm going to go ahead. Uh, we're going to have a song of the week, and I'm going to take what the song of the week is going to be, uh, and then we're going to talk to our sponsors, and then we're going to get Brian Head Welch from Corn onto the program, and then you'll be able to um, to hear all about more from directly from him about Loud Crazy Love. So I wanted, and you'll remember what I'm talking about here. So there's one part of the film because all the film, all the music in the film, of course, is either corn music or from his solo career, except for one song. There's kind of a, uh, there's kind of a, there's a scene in the film that's kind of about redemption. But before you can get to redemption, you have he has to kind of reach a, a, a certain visceral kind of low. And as you so we'll see in the film, the only song that's not Brian or Corn is uh, Joan Jett's "Bad Reputation," and uh, but that was actually it worked perfectly and it's awesome. But that actually was not the original choice that the um, director had. Now the director admittedly was a big U two fan. Again, that's the that's the the, the kind of the Christian faith thing. Like U two is that one band that non-secular people will it's the one secular band that non-secular people will listen to right that are rock fans <laughs> but uh, I'm sure his love for the band is genuine but anyway <laughs> but so what he wanted to do was he wanted to have uh, U2's Love is Blind Love is Blindness and I guess when he couldn't get that he was going to get a cover of it which Jack White did a great cover of which is actually on the Great Gatsby soundtrack and uh uh, great. Uh, apparently, Jack wasn't into the idea. I know that he can tend to be a little uh, possessive about things, even though it was not his own song. It was a cover. So he denied them the right to use uh, his recorded cover of U2's Love is Blindness. Um, but I'm going to play it for you now in case you haven't heard it. So, again, I think that them replacing it with Joan Jett's Bad Reputation was actually probably the better choice. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to line up the film with either song and compare, but uh, uh, for for the subject matter, I think that they, I think it was a, a happy accident that Jack did not give them permission. <laughs> so, um, we're going to go ahead and I'm going to play you the song of the week and then we'll come back with Brian. Uh, before we do that, I want to go ahead and, and touch upon a few sponsors. I wanted to say one thing. Um, uh, my man Claude Coleman, anybody who's a, who's a uh, fan of this show or knows me personally knows that uh, uh, I worked for many years with Claude Coleman uh, Jr. from the band Ween, and we're uh, we did a lot of work and a lot of touring together. Um, 
He's actually doing something right now uh, for this thing called Spa- uh, Sound Space. He's actually out in Asheville, North Carolina, where he's kind of set up shop the last couple of years. And they're doing this fundraiser. Uh, and it's like they were able, to, in the first round, they were able to raise $46,000, which is about 60% of the goal. So now they're back at it for round two. And they want to be able to do that, be able to kind of seal the deal. And I wanted to invite everybody to go to Indiegogo and just type on uh, and just check out sound space uh, really what it is it's going to be the first music practice space facility in Asheville and if you think if you know anything about Asheville North Carolina it's a very community based um, very we used to call it uh, the lower east side on a mountain is what we used to call it because uh, it's a kind of got, got that hippie community it's very it's very crunchy there and so check out uh, again uh, Claude Coleman's uh, uh, fundraiser for Sound Space there on Indiegogo. Want to thank all of our great sponsors: uh, Bulletproof Coffee, uh, Whole Foods, um, the 365 brand, um, also Bullet, uh, sorry, Batteries Plus, and all of our great listeners. The best way to do it is you, what you want to do is you want to subscribe. Go on to iTunes, type in uh, Tricky Kid Radio. Click that subscribe button, and if you're feeling mighty generous, uh, if you can give us a review there, it really helps, and it really uh, really propels the show and the ratings, and it helps us keep kind of keep the lights on here and kind of keep things rocking. I uh, wanted to tell you about a couple of things. As you know, I also got a, a foot in the, the world of professional wrestling. Um, Imperial Wrestling Revolution out of Ardmore, outside of Oklahoma, has been rebranded as the World Class Revolution. And if you grew up watching wrestling, especially in the South like I did, you might remember the Freebirds and the Von Erickson. And that was all under the umbrella of the World Class uh, Championship Wrestling. Well, now it's kind of an extension of that. Uh, Kevin Von Erick's sons, Ross and Marshall, um, and uh, Jim Ross is actually involved from the old Mid-South Territory. He went on, of course, to be the great Hall of Famer that we know him to be today. And we're going to have our first television taping. It's actually going to be this coming Saturday, May 19th, at El, uh, in El Dorado, Arkansas. And it's going to be a great, great, great show there at the Music Hall there in El Dorado. And it's going to be very exciting because it's going to be our pilot episode is going to be uh, part of the NBC affiliate out of Joplin, Missouri. It's going to be airing on Saturday nights right after Saturday Night Live. Uh, so we couldn't be more excited about it. Uh, and episode two is going to be on the on the 26th out of Wichita, Kansas. So if you go online and go to worldclassrevolution.com, uh, you'll be able to see ticket information, showtimes, all that great stuff. We'll have it up on trickykid.com as well and links uh, to all that great stuff. Uh, also, again, go to Twitter. Follow us on Tricky Kid, the number two. Uh, thanks to you. Which social media platform am I finally on? Instagram. Oh, and what is my Instagram account? Do you know it? DJ Tricky Kid. That's right. So come <laughs> on. So check that out. And again, uh, so now, Song of the Week, the cover of U2's Love is Blindness by Jack White. And we'll be right back with Brian Head Welch of Corn.
What's up? This is the infamous serial wax killer, Beastie Boys DJ Assassin, Mix Master Mike, and you're tuned into my man DJ Tricky Kid. Don't be a clown, don't sleep. Check it out, y'all. Hey, so we are live at the Dallas International Film Festival down here in the West Village. To my left here is my old friend Brian Headwelch from Corn and his own awesome uh, uh, solo career, and you're debuting a new film. Brian, welcome to Tricky Kid Radio. Thank you very much. And when I walked up to him, I was like, I know you. <laughs> yeah. And I, I recognize his face from somewhere. So when was it, when was the last time we connected? God. Probably like, like Ma- late 90s? Late 90s. Early? Late 90s, I think. Uh, I was probably going to say probably like around like 99, 2000. Okay. So, but there was a time when, and I'm going to show you something at the end here. You're going to think you're going to lie. It's going to be fun. It's going to be like one of those fun like reaction videos. It was like, look, it's those guys. And so... Pretty soon we were eating together and, and hanging out before the show. So that's probably what you remember. That Well, listen, we love to have fun. And so even back then, if there was fans there, they like we'd hang out with them. Yeah. Go, go to a bar, get some food. No, that's what I mean. I, yeah. was, I was, I was, we were doing that <laughs> back and then. It was, and then it got so big that we couldn't do it as much, you know. And then we just yeah. hired our friends to come out on the road and <laughs> hang out with us backstage. But Cause you, could but pay, yeah. you could pay them to do it, right? You know. Yeah, exactly. And so we got we got some great memories hanging out with fans in the early days. So well, that was what was always I thought was so great about Corn was it was always kind of like the people's band, you yeah. know. Yeah. And and you guys aren't that much older than us. Uh, that was something else that we kind of related to as well. When was, you get older, the, the the gap becomes less important, right? The age gap. It's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Because when you're younger, everybody seems just unreachably old in a sense, right? Yeah. When you, is it funny like when you go back and watch movies that you watch as a kid and you're older than that person now? Yeah, it's weird. I yeah. do that. I do that counting the uh, the ages and the math and everything yeah. too. Yeah. It's like when I go back and watch like the John Hughes movies and I'm thinking, God, they seem so older, but they were like, you know, kids. They like, were kids. Yeah, literally kids. Totally. Yes. Like the, uh, what's that movie with the... Um, where, where they, the kids found the Stand By Me. Yeah, right. And all right. that stuff. And then even the, 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 the outsiders and all that. You yeah, know, yeah. Like you trip out. Because when you look back on it and kind of go, like, how did that many people, like, everybody from that movie kind of took off, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, it's just like all these everybody. Because they're all heartthrobs. Yeah, yeah so right. You know, like, we need him. Yeah, could you, could you back? Already breaking it. Can you believe this? Before we started, you didn't hear it, but he said, I have a horrible mic stand. So. <laughs> I did. I'll cop up for that. I said, nice mic. Let's just be truthful. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can I just hold it? Yeah, you can do it if you want. Or does it look yeah. more professional to No, it's cool. I just okay. thought you might want to go for the old, like, I actually was good. Loud Crazy Love, premiered last night to an insane sellout thing. You did a book. Uh, how long ago did the book come out? 2016. Okay, so the book was about two years ago, uh, and it's called, I know it has a long time. This film. What was your inspiration behind doing it? Um, you know what? You know what it was. It was I, I did a couple of life story things. You know, with my book, with my uh, with you know short eight minute snippets and everything throughout the years. And one of the one of the people that did it, Detori Mayo, did one of those stories, those video stories, and it it went millions all over like the world. It reached over the world actually. Right, right. And so they're they're such awesome storytellers. They came to me and they said, you know, they mentioned about wanting to do a longer form documentary when I went back to corn. Yep. Right. And so, you know, we had a meeting and and uh, I, I had old footage of the guys, you know, me and my daughter 
all these years of uh, a lot of pain, a lot of fun, and a lot yeah. of pain. Yeah. You know how life is. Yeah, of course, yeah. And so I've always wanted to do something with it, and so they stepped up to the plate. Oh, good, and, good. But there's there's things in this movie. It's crazy because the movie's about like a father daughter relationship. For sure, a, a beautiful kid born into the chaotic world of rock stardom. Yeah. That's how it starts, and it's just. And so, but there's a lot of corn, the corn story in there too. Yeah. And so it's fun, man. It's yeah. A, you, are you gonna see it tonight? I am. I am. Cool. Because you, you, I'm excited to see it. It'll, you know, you you live some of those years that you'll see with us, and so it'll relate, and then you'll see like um, behind the scenes of how you know our crazy lifestyles were hurting the ones we loved. You know, right, so right. you'll see that side of it. And so you'll relate to a lot of it, man, because you were around back in the day. And I'm looking to see that 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 contrast. You know what I mean? Like, because is like you said, like it's I am offered a neat perspective from being there at the beginning, and kind of seeing that where it went, and kind of the the highs that you reached, and also some of the tragedies that unfortunately that, that kind of comes with that. Yeah. You know, when you when you look back on that, does it almost kind of seem like it? Like it's almost like a different lifetime, isn't it? It is because that person. He, I'm still that person, right? But the 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 things that were destroying me are gone, you know. But you I'm healed. Still, a, I'm a nut job. Yeah. I'm a, I'm I'm the class clown of the band. I'm a, and I still and just wild, you know. And so, but yeah, it's like I'm not a drug addict anymore. I'm not I'm not an alcoholic, and uh, and so it's just it it seems like a lifetime ago, but I just I'm having fun with it, man, because clean it's all about the music now right the music family friends connecting with people it's not about getting wasted how many chicks yeah. and the drugs you know? but also you're just you know there's much beginning yeah well i remember when i was in corn it was 2004 i was on every drug i can imagine and uh rock stardom didn't make sense my the riches didn't make sense because they weren't satisfying me and they weren't right. like the answer right and and you probably thought they were gonna be right like yeah, yeah. i did because yeah. you know i just dreamt you know how many years, year after year after year, I dreamt and watched my idols on TV and listened to their music. So I thought if I became that, that that would be the answer right. for life. And right. I got there, and it wasn't the answer. It was good. Yeah. But it, and it confused me that it didn't make sense. The only thing that made sense to me was my daughter and my love for her. Yeah. And so I just had that clarity, and I found my faith, you know, and and I had that clarity. Like, I, wait, I don't have to stay like this. Yeah. I can. I can love myself like my daughter. I can be I can be loved by the creator and I can I can still be wild and do music. Right, right. I can do it all. So once it clicked, I'm like, guess what? I'm not gonna live the same way anymore. This everything stops here. Right, right. But I had to get away from the band because guess what? For the next few years, some of them were still doing coke and yeah. you know, and so I couldn't be around that, you know. But being gone eight years, I come back into the band. Meanwhile, they go through their change, and they grow up, and so everyone's healthy, happy, and level-headed. And, and there's still a lot of love there, you know, because I know that when, when things like that happen, people always love the big, tragic, behind-the-music BS, and they want to blow it up and everything else, but I, I really like how it was handled in the press after the fact, because I know that initially there seemed to be some acrimony, but then it seemed to be like you guys were aggressive to be clear that, look, we have a lot of love for each other. Yeah. You know? People love drama, don't they? I know, man. Like, but, uh, it sells, I guess, you know? Yeah, but um, you know what it, it came down to? Man, if if the world knew, if the fans knew what kind of, like, how much forgiveness has gone on with porn. Right. There's some, there's some personal issues that, like, no one will ever know. And these guys have, have forgiven everything. Yeah. And, you know, it's so crazy to see all these other bands that have... They'll, you know, they'll, they won't talk to each other after decades, and, yeah. and so I'm very thankful that these guys are. I mean, we all grew up together. You know, well, our yeah. parents, some of our parents knew each other before we hung out, and, and like Johns and Fieldies, and so it's just it's a deeper level of of, of relationship with us. And so, yeah, we still have our issues, though. Well, of it's course, just, you I mean, know, you, we're, you we're love human. like brothers, you you fight yeah. like brothers. That was kind of an appeal for us. And we were talking about you and I being friends, like back in back in the you know the mid to late nineties. Was that you guys seemed almost more like a gang? Like, I mean, yes, you were in a band and you performed together on stage as musicians, but you guys seemed like a very cohesive unit. And I think that, that there's no way that doesn't translate uh, from a, from a fan base. So, from my perspective, it wasn't a surprise because where I'm looking at it, I'm thinking 
those guys are going to make that work at some point. Because I, I remember how much love really? you guys had. So for me, looking wow. at it like, oh, there, there, there it goes. I was like, I'm not trying to like do the cold shot or anything, but I had faith that you guys were going to make make that happen That's at some crazy. point. That's crazy. I've never heard that before. Really? Just that someone that knew us saw that, ah, oh, it's a matter of time. Like, that's yeah. going to happen, like, positive. That's cool. I mean, I remember back then, because if the fans were, like, devastated, and how could he leave, you know? Right, this right, is, right. Because it was such a, a unit with the fans and the band, but, you know what? I had to look at my kid and say, hey, I'm not going to just be away from her anymore. I'm well, no, you got to do what's right for you, you know? And uh, and and I and I I also thought that it was really awesome of you. I didn't have that reaction. I was like, you know, one thing you probably don't know is that after the '90s, I went on to tour with a lot of bands and, and was working as a tour manager and and a lot of stuff. I worked with um, you know some big bands in a, in a high profile situation. So I also could could have that perspective of like I kind of knew. I kind of felt like you were doing something for you, and it was time yeah. to do something for you. you know? Yeah, because you know the road. You yeah. know that, that yeah. craziness. It's like, you know, some some sometimes the most popular people and the people around them out in the road are like so, uh, what do you call it, just messed up. Well, you yeah, know? And, yeah. And broken. Well, they only so. can seem to kind of relate to other people that, that are doing that because it's such an insane way to live, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so for you to kind of like put it, Put it to bed, whatever, for at least a little while to take some time for you. I thought I thought I thought it took a lot of bravery and a lot of balls, and I thought it was awesome. So good for you. Thank you, on you that. very much, man. And uh, I'm so glad. I, I don't. I regret a couple things, like as far as the way I handled it with the guys, but as far as the decision, I don't right. regret it. But the cool thing is that you guys were able to, to kind of kind of like you said you were able to kind of squash that a little bit. Like, yeah. So so, but now. Talk to me about this. Like you probably have seen Metallica as some kind of monster, and it has a very voyeuristic kind of thing, and it's it's not a lot of fun a lot of times. Um, were you was whenever you made this film or agreed to sign onto this? Was there anything about that format that you liked or didn't like or didn't want to want want to have that same look and feel? As far as like some of the some kind of monster like the counseling and stuff well that's only the counseling but there's something very like like when I when I watch like some kind of monster info it's like get I, out there. yeah I almost can't I almost have to kind of look away it's almost like we shouldn't be seeing this right yeah, now yeah you know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, like I know what you're saying. I'm reading. I feel like I'm reading someone's diary or something. But but you want to let people in. But I want to know. I want to talk to you after and see if you felt that way in my film. Yeah, there's a couple sure. points where I want to look away. Yeah. Okay. In that's, the that's, film where I'm like, oh man. But I mean, I'm good with it. <laughs> but I just think like I don't want to be in the room full of people watching it with them. Yeah, two hundred people. Yeah, you know, and I'm like, oh, I, I'm cool. I'm I'm good with them watching it on their own. But you know, well, that's kind of a natural thing, though. I mean, like, like you know, I'm so happy that people watch this show and listen to my, you know, listen to it, and we have a wonderful fan base. We want to thank everybody that's watching and listening right thank now. You for watching. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, but when like people ask me stuff and they want to hear the episode, I'm like, I, I don't want to hear my voice right now. Like, really? so. Yeah, I, it, it's hard to kind of go back. I mean, you know, sometimes. Johnny Depp hasn't watched one of his films. Not really. That's what that's what I was told. Well, I, I'm sure he just he's probably too busy looking in the mirror, right? Like <laughs> he's yeah. like, I don't have time for that. I'm counting my money. Maybe he watches them by himself, but like at the premieres and stuff, yeah. he won't sit there and watch it with people. I've I've heard that with quite a few actors actually. There's something about it where it's just kind of like it kind of takes them out of the out of the pocket there. Some yeah. So now, uh, t- talk to me also about musically. Like, um, I was I, I was interested to see. Okay, what would Brian's music sound like if he was the only one writing it? What would it sound like? Um, and I was surprised, very happily so. It was very diverse. So instead of talking about influences, let's talk about inspiration. Okay. So we know um, we talked about your daughter. We talked about your faith a little bit. But just musically, like, where's it coming from? Man, I don't know. I think, I think just uh, you know, with corn and everything, writing music that that makes the the crowd react, right? Like move, yeah, or just pop their head, yeah, or want to, you know, mosh or whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and then also 
uh, um, uh, melody, like just music, yeah. something that moves me. Yeah. You know, I want something that moves me. I want something like the the falling away from me thing. That back when that came out of my strings, I just it moved me. You know, yeah. it was just it was beautiful. Yeah. Just five simple notes or whatever it is. It just, it just, just had that notes. had that movement. Yeah. It just had that something that just felt felt good inside me, you know. Yeah. And so I go for that with melody and everything, but um, definitely I love the groove. Oh, yeah. You can just like. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, I think that's it. You just kind of feel it, and uh, and then you know if you're writing something that's going to catch on because the other guys have to. They have to take it in too. And yeah. Then, like Jonathan, you know, he's got a. If, if the lyrics and the melody for the vocals aren't good, then no sing, matter how good it, you right. think the music is, <laughs> right. it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. Good thing that Getty Lee had a good lyricist, right? So he, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't right? mind. He doesn't mind. But but at the same time, some of that stuff hasn't aged very well. Like what? Uh, but like I mean, again, like you said, like whenever not born, but you know, there there are certain lyrics that have to really kind of remain timeless. Because if, it, if it's tied to a, a a a moment in time, it won't make sense later. And a song like "Falling Away from Me" is something that you'll you could who can't relate to that always. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, how much pain do we all walk through? Uh, you know, right, and so right. Jonathan's saying a lot about pain, and so I'm just like, I'm thankful for him, man. Because back then, you know, he he was like one of the first to. To just get raw with his yeah. emotions, you know. Right, probably, and, probably very much the first one. And I yeah. wanted, and I'm going to show you something here in a second after we wrap here in a second. But I wanted to. We're going to rap. No, no. My name is Brian. I don't go crying. Come on, Josh is a good beatboxer. Yeah, beatbox. Yeah. yeah, she's got, she's got. No, yeah. she better not because I can't rap. So <laughs> it's not going to work. We need a rapper. Well, yeah, are there any rappers in the house? Can, are can, you a rapper? Are you a rapper? Can you rap? No. Uh, okay. So my name is Come on, Russell. You do rap. Yeah, we're gonna do the Super Bowl. We're gonna do the Super Bowl shuffle from from '85. Um, so I, it, it's one of those things that's like tattooed in my brain. I could I could probably do the Super Bowl shuffle if I had to, but I'm not going to. Um, Come on. I, <laughs> all right, all right. If you insist, no. um, have the have the guy. My name is Roy. I go by Tricky Kid. This is my girl Jocelyn. We're about to have a kid. <laughs> that was horrible. Yeah, that was. We gotta. We gotta work on that, Brian. Um, I could do somebody else's you lyrics. I mean, I could do. Yes. You can have a kid. What? Yes. I thought. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, Congrats, man. Bro. Thank you, brother. Our first child in August, man. So. Uh, okay, you're really gonna love this movie because it's all about the the, the child. The whole movie's about the child. Well, so that was kind of the thing What's too. The rock and roll in there too. Is it like we were kind of like I was like, now this is going to be up my alley. This is now going to be able to relate to each other even on a different level, you know? Learn from my mistakes. <laughs> Has the guys in the band seen the movie? Um, not this, not this cut. Okay, it's changed quite a bit from when they've seen it. Right. But, um, they saw the last cut and they loved it. They thought it was done really well. They support it. They're in the movie and. Uh, yeah, they, Jonathan loves it. Okay, good, good. Jonathan loves the movie because he loves my daughter, and he used to watch her when I was a mess. Him and his wife would watch her, and so... That's amazing, he, man. He said he just loves it, and it makes him feel so good to, to see it, you know, because he's he was there, you know? Well, he was always he was always so so kind to me. So we were talking about, like, some of the early days stuff, and I can remember like, Crazy Love, my old friend Brian. Check it out. It's going to be out. Uh, uh, theatrical releases when? Um, we're hoping this fall, but uh, we have to. We're, we're getting distribution. We're doing this festival, Nashville Film Festival, and some in LA, like in the fall. But uh, hopefully this fall, if not like early next year. Okay, it's it's ready. Well, huh? okay. Lo- lo- loud crazy love. Loudcrazylove.com. Crazy with a K. Awesome. And then. Uh- hey, what's up? This is Rick Ockberger, the WWE sign guy. Oh my lord. Well, like I said earlier, he's such a nice guy, you know, he's so down to earth and, you know, he's got, he's got like the tattoos and everything, but seems like a really like a decent dude, not like a scary person. Sometimes, you know, tattoos can, 
can seem a little scary. But are that's you just are you furthering a stereotype here? No, an unfair one? <laughs> that's just me and my shelteredness. <laughs> well, I mean, I would say that even if people are are used to being around people that are heavily tattooed, I mean, Brian has literally has tattoos on his eyelids. Yeah, and, so right, that's extreme. Yeah, it's and he's an extreme dude. Yeah, but awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I can appreciate that yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so I thought that was really. Um, a really cool interview I mean you guys seem like good friends you know and I guess you were friends at some point for sure is that for right sure, for sure and um are, are you gonna talk about that video <laughs> yeah yeah I will I'm gonna I, I, I was gonna so so this is the incentive of also just hearing the audio not only do you get it earlier uh, <laughs> and thank you for reminding me uh, but one thing that was kind of cool was that uh, when you see the video version of this you're just gonna see um, an awesome uh, but abbreviated version of this it's not too much is cut off but there's gonna be a second bonus video where I show uh, Brian an old video of us uh, from literally back in 1994 like, like right when the first record had come out or I don't even think it was even out yet and it's i don't want to say too much about it but i'm just going to say this that you're definitely going to want to look out for it because it's from a show uh from fort worth um literally just to give you an idea how long ago it was it was the bill was corn orange nine millimeter and sick of it all and corn went on first on like a tuesday night at like 6 p.m in this like club my friend kelly parker used to own and that's why we went you know and this is where we met and so we're kind of bringing it full circle. And something really funny happens. And so we kind of do one of those fun, like, reaction videos, you know, where he's watching it. And it really brought back a lot of memories, not only for, for me, but you could tell you could tell it brought back a lot for him, right? Yeah. And he definitely reacted to it. Yes. <laughs> yes, he did. And uh, he even told me later that he uh, went back to his hotel and uh, and, and, was, and watched the whole thing. So, uh, <laughs> so definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, again, I, I encourage everybody to, to watch Loud Crazy Love when it comes out. Um, I said it might be a little bit. I think it's going to be uh, either in the late summer or in the fall, but uh, it's definitely worth the wait. Yeah, it's a good movie, and, and I assumed you liked it too because you're also going to going to be a dad that's right that's right it was it very i very much uh hit home with me because again not only did it kind of stir up kind of some old feelings by seeing uh some old stuff but and it was great to see y'all two together like i told you before it was kind of like my past and my present just all together yeah. there at once and seeing him you know being excited about us and being excited about you and being pregnant and touching your belly and giving mm-hmm. us parenting advice was just such a an awesome uh just full circle kind of moment you know and then and that's before we even saw the movie right and then we walk over to the to the cinema with him and then you know there's this you know great thing i I also think what's so great too is that you know being at the age we are now i I, I feel so much more prepared you know he was of course you know in all fairness he was much younger Mm -hmm. uh and and less mature um but i still have you know obviously some fears and trepidations and and some anxiety and stuff that that, uh, that's normal for being an expected father of any age right yeah it would be weird if you didn't have that that's right right, that's right Mm -hmm. um and i'm just so excited for our baby boy to get here um, I'm already having like uh, you know I'm already being the dad who's having the imaginary conversations and thinking about all the places and that I want to take him and and show him and and getting the, getting you know the last time probably the last conversation I had with Brian back in the 90s was probably very different than the conversation we had uh, outside of the interview as well when we had some candid talk and stuff and um, and you took some great pictures of us that uh, yeah that uh, you guys can also it's another bonus is go to trickykid.com. And when you see the entry for this, you'll be able to see a lot of a lot of pictures and stuff. That, uh, but then uh, when you see the video, you'll be able to see, like I said, those exit interviews we were talking about, and it's lots and lots and lots of great stuff. So, uh, once again, I also want to thank Kristen, uh, uh, his PR uh, person, for reconnecting us. She's amazing. Uh, she's with the uh, the Alan Ross um, uh, um, PR firm, which is one of the best in the business, and they were so kind to us. Um, to the people at Public School Two One Two One Four, or or is it what was it Two One Three? <laughs> PS214 the restaurant we were at yeah I don't know the numbers I uh, don't remember what's the zip code it's the area it's the, area, the area, code? area code oh right. it's 214 there you go thank oh, okay. you okay oh. good job <laughs> <laughs> 
Again, we invite you to subscribe to Tricky Kid Radio, and you'll see shows just like this each and every Thursday. Uh, pop and run up in your iTunes or any other way that you choose to listen to your podcast. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. Um, and then go to Twitter and uh, we're a tricky kid number two there. We're on Facebook at Tricky Kid Radio Podcast. And again, I'm on Instagram as DJ Tricky Kid. For my better half, Jocelyn, do you want to tell them where they can find you on the interwebs as well? Oh, sure. If you wanted to find my Instagram account, it's J O C E I 6, the number 6. And she's adorable and she's an amazing mm-hmm. musician herself. Babe, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, that was fun. This week, and that was such a proud moment for me to, for you to be there for the screening and, and meeting Brian. And to my man, Brian Head Welch, my man, good to see you, brother. Thank you for coming on. We'll do it again soon. Again, I'm your host, Roy Turner, for my better half, Jocelyn. We appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>